everybody. So, my name's Erica. I have recently decided to make a podcast just to kind of share my life experiences, everything I've been through. Um, I've had one hell of a life in the past 31 years. Um, I really just want to talk about my past, present, and future and the mental health struggles that I've had growing up due to a lot of childhood trauma and just share that with you guys and hopefully many, many months from now after making several of these, hopefully find clarity and maybe help somebody else along the way that maybe has experienced something that I have experienced. So I guess where to start actually like I said you guys this is my first one I'm making so hopefully you guys can bear with me um but I guess we'll just jump right into this I'm 31 a newly single mom of a few children basketball team and a spare any of you sports fans out there know exactly how many I have I am living in Hawaii. It is actually like two something in the morning right now and I can't sleep and I decided maybe now would be a good time to do this because my house is quiet and you can't hear any kids screaming in the background. Um, But I wanted to come on here, especially to all my all my people out there that have been victims of childhood abuse, neglect, molestation, rape, that plays a toll on us and will always play a toll in our lives. I have been married twice now. Both have ended in divorce because from a very young age, I didn't know how to, I guess, process how I feel I just learned how to shove it down and I guess let let's just go back let's go back to when I guess we can start at birth my mother had me four months early she was addicted to meth and even after having me six months later I was left in the back of a vehicle for her and her mother to go do meth. I was taken into police custody and put into the foster system. I was then adopted at the age of five to a couple that had had several miscarriages and wasn't having any luck having children. And then funny enough, after they had me, she got pregnant. And when I say they had me, meaning that when after they adopted me and had me in their home for a while, um, they had my sister. And that, I feel, brought my mother so much joy and the fact that I kind of got pushed along to my dad. Me and my mom's relationship never really flourished after that point. And it was just me and my dad. Now, that being said, my dad was at work all the time. He was the main breadwinner for the family. He was never home. And so 
I really was to myself a lot. Me and my sister played, obviously, but I I used to joke once she got a mind of her own and didn't want to play with me anymore. It was it was kind of just me in my room with my games, my books, my toys. Um and then at the age of 8, there was a deacon in our church that showed interest in me. Now when I say interest, I mean always wanting to be around me, touching my hair, playing with my hair, rubbing my shoulders. Now, at eight years old, I had no clue what that meant. I just thought, okay, he's a nice man. He's my dad's friend. You know, sometimes my dad brushes my hair off my shoulder. Sometimes my dad, you know, hugs me. This man does the same, so it's okay. I mean, at eight years old, we don't particularly comprehend what an adult is thinking well unfortunately the hair brushing shoulder touching turned into putting hands where they didn't belong during church and then that turned into rape and that went on for about two years of my life and it finally came out in therapy my parents put me in therapy after I found out through my cousin that I was adopted And I didn't handle that well, you know? I was like, what? I'm adopted? I don't belong? Because that's honestly how it came across at, you know, the age of 10. You're adopted. You're not blood related to any of us. And so it was just kind of like another notch on feeling not accepted. But in in retrospect, this man that was doing these awful things to me almost every Sunday made me feel accepted, told me he was doing them to me because he loved me. And as a child at 10, I knew nothing more than to say, yeah, he he loves me. He's showing me this one-on-one time and this one-on-one affection. It must be true. But fast forward in therapy, it comes out in therapy. This is what's happening. My parents take it to the deacon of the church I'm sorry, the pastor of the church. He was a deacon of the church. They took it to the pastor of the church and the pastor was like, no, this isn't happening. That's not what's going on. And it was brushed under the rug immediately, just kind of, "Mm, that's not what's going on. And me being 10, not knowing why all of a sudden this man that has claimed to love me, shown me affection, shown me attention, can't see me, I start out, I start acting out in ways that I just weren't healthy. I started having tantrums, almost regressing in a sense. And my parents didn't know how to deal with that. And they started sending me away to group homes, state hospitals. And so from the time that I was 10 to 16, I was in and out. It was like a revolving door. In and out of state hospitals mental homes, group homes, and during these times, even in there, staff members would use me. And if I said anything about being touched or raped, it was, well, this is why you were sent here in the first place. You're just saying this for attention. You're just saying this so you don't have to be here or you don't have to take the medication we want you to take. And it was just a vicious cycle 
there were times that I was gone away for six months to times that I was gone away for over a year away from my family. And, you know, as, as a child, our childhood is meant to be a child, to get the love and support and learn valuable lessons on how to process your feelings, how to handle certain situations. That way, as we grow up, we know how to do so. But I didn't get that. I got being in homes where I was with other children that, oh, so, oh, if you want more attention when you go home, try cutting your wrist this way or try popping these pills or, you know, you want to get drunk, drink uh, mouthwash in your mom's bathroom. Like those were the types of people I was around from the time that I was 10, 11 years old to 16. I didn't get that love and nurture and, you know, the life lessons I was supposed to be learning from my parents. I got staff members, a very structured schedule and children that were in there for much more serious things than I was. And so clearly leaving at 16 to come now be a adolescent in a home I didn't know how to function. I didn't know how to handle myself. I didn't know how to handle stressful situations. I didn't know how to handle when I would get like super upset or someone would tell me something and I didn't trust them. I didn't know how to handle any of that stuff because throughout the time that I was 11 to 16, it was here, take this pill. Oh, that's not working. Let's add another pill okay, that's not working. Let's take this pill away and add two more pills. I mean, there was a point in time when I was about 14 that I was on 10 medications a day. And I was just numb. So clearly, that carried on to into my adult life. And that is literally just like a snippet of my childhood. But that carried on into my adult life and into my relationships and into my friendships and it has just piled and piled and piled and with my first marriage it was like I didn't trust anybody he could sit there and tell me all day that he loved me and that he wanted to be with me forever but I had such a distorted view on love that if you weren't fucking me you didn't love me and if you weren't being intimate with me there was somebody else and just all these distorted things that just piled up were now being pushed upon into my marriage and I was married for almost six years to my first ex-husband and he put up with a lot granted I feel coming into that relationship he had baggage as well from his childhood and so our baggage just became this big pot of this is not going to end well stew and it didn't but then worse from that after that marriage ended I almost within a year and a half two years jumped into another marriage to a man that had been with a woman that abused him and that was physically and mentally abusive and so then we add everything from my childhood everything from my first marriage that I never worked on into a new marriage and people say to me all the time 
man, he's a fool for leaving you. Or, oh, that's just crazy. I'd never leave a woman like you. And it's, it's baffling to me. Because while I'm pretty, I am extremely emotionally and mentally fucked up. And what's even more baffling to me is everybody's like, oh, he cheated on you, didn't you? Or didn't he? He abused you, didn't you? Or little, see, I can't even talk right now. (laughs) He abused you, didn't he? He cheated on you, didn't he? And I'm like, no. Sadly enough, I cheated. I emotionally cheated on my husband. And what sucks even more is he was a good man. He stood by me and he pushed me. He, He actually pushed me to get better. He pushed me to go to therapy. Granted, not everything was perfect on his end. I feel that there are days that I sit back and I say, you know what, I did emotionally open up to somebody, but there there were these little times here and there that I tried to reach out to him and say, I'm feeling this way, or this makes me feel this way, or I'm feeling alone. And they were never reciprocated. It was just left there. And so he is a good man and he has done amazing things for me. At the same time, there were things that I truly needed from him that he didn't give and vice versa. I'm sure there were things that he needed from me that I didn't give. Just like he needed me to get help sooner so the marriage could last. He needed me to fix myself so that when we came to big problems in life, I would be there 100% and I didn't. And so this is just kind of a little snippet intro of what I hope to base my podcast off of is just my experiences in life and things that I'm slowly starting to do to get better and to help me. My goal at the end of the day is I hope that somebody may hear this that is going through exactly what I've been through or not even exactly somewhat like what I've been through and I can help them. That's my goal with this. Also, it's to just get it out there so more people are aware that I am I am here saying yes, we need to save the children of these horrendous acts that are happening to them and how people are trying to somehow make pedophilia okay, but what people aren't understanding that a lot of pedophilia is pushed under the rug and that these children that this has happened to have to grow up and become adults in society and these children that were hurting then are still hurting now as adults and we all need to be aware of that so sorry I got off on a little tangent there but um thank you guys um I hope you liked this first podcast and there will be more to come